Is your family a success? Is there even a measure for family success? We think there is, and with a 20-year track record of success, we're going to show you how to bless your family with success in your health, relationships, and finances. I'm Steve Keen. And I'm Katie Keen. And along with some awesome guests, we are going to give you our secrets to family success. Welcome to Family Success Secrets. Okay, Katie, I just pressed record and maybe let's just start this off with a quick little intro. Um, I know who you are and what your background is, but maybe just a quick little intro for everybody who's going to be watching the replay. And uh, yeah, so that'd be lovely. Absolutely. So I'm Katie Keene and I am the mom of five kids and I've been homeschooling since 2011, I believe. My oldest, who's just now going to be a senior in high school, we began homeschooling on and off when he was in kindergarten because we needed to. We were in a duty station that was no good and the schools there were just not not a fit. So we just decided to try it out and over time as we kept moving, we realized that it was something we actually really liked and he flourished. And so then we decided to try it with our other kids and it just became something we fell in love with. So we've been doing that ever since. Yeah, my, my story is a little different. Like I grew up in public school and then our kids are going to public school. Last year was kind of a mess. So I don't really even count that year. <laughs> it was kind of a blend and a hybrid. Luckily enough, we live in a kind of a small rural town. So our kids did go back to school in September and have been in school since then there's been like stretches of a week or so where you know they have to stay home or whatever but it's been majority all like schooling in a public school system but over this last year of being kind of in that hybrid mess I've been thinking personally like what am I gonna do like because we didn't really have to bring our kids home and figure it all out but the idea like really got sparked and I was like okay I need to figure this out and and find out info so when I do decide to (laughs) that I can pull the trigger with confidence kind (laughs) of absolutely it's super important to explore it we um we were never going to be homeschooling parents Steve's dad was a principal after being a teacher for the majority of his career his sister still teaches I my sister was a teacher my mother was a teacher so we were never going to be like a weird homeschool family we came from amazing families of public school teachers and we all we all went to public school and even as a military brat moving around with my parents I went to to good schools you know in our experience though as us becoming parents the schools were really changing and things were not as they were when we were younger and so that got our minds turning and then we just happened to find ourselves surrounded by all kinds of families who were homeschool families in one of our duty stations, the same one where all the schools were, were not good. And so we decided to do the same thing. It just started getting into our head. Like, what is this about? Why are those kids so well behaved? They're getting into the military academies that nobody seems to be able to get into. What's up with this? You know, and I started asking questions. And that began the slow process of discovering and deciding what we would do. And then stepping into it just one year at a time until we knew, you know, if it was for us or not. Wow. So like you guys actually did start seeing like homeschoolers, like get a little priority on certain things. Oh, yeah. Not only they actually in U.S. uh, standardized testing have a 20 point gap above the public schoolers in all the subjects. So they come out, even with parents who have just, you would say just, but it doesn't matter, a high school education, there's no difference in the testing outcomes of home of homeschooled students. They are 
far exceeding the public school standards and homeschooled children who stop homeschooling at the high school age and go back to school, their test scores will slide and become more like those of the public schoolers because they lose that individualized opportunity. And then the other thing that's happening now in America, I'm not sure what's going on in Canada, but in America is that colleges are seeking out homeschool students and they're giving much bigger scholarships because what they've noticed is homeschool students have a higher grade average, they have a lower dropout rate by far, and they represent the school really well. So the schools are actually seeking out homeschoolers because they represent the school really well. So it's it's really neat to watch these things evolve. You know, homeschooling was for those weird families who were reclusive, is what everyone thought before. Yeah. <laughs> and um, in fact, actually, it's becoming widely recognized that it is an incredible tool to grow people who can really think and create and who can specialize in what they love because they've had years to do it. It used to be actors and Olympic athletes. You know, those were the people who were homeschooling before who it was acceptable and they did it because they could also then focus on their specialty. Now it's recognized that all children can have a specialty. I know one of my neighbors, I talked to them about it. They've been doing it for quite some time <laughs> and he found it was easier to inspire the kids to want to learn how to learn <laughs> than yeah. it was to like plunk them in a desk and tell them to learn. Yes. So that brings up a really good point. There are six main types of homeschooling that you'll see reflected out in the homeschool world. The one that you are talking about where you just plunk them in the desk, that is just traditional homeschooling. And that is just where you literally try to replicate public school at home. For me, that just spells headache. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Why would you do that? For us Americans, we're already paying tax money to have someone else do it. You know, for us, the beauty of having the flexibility at home is exactly what you said. Give you an example. My senior, almost senior in high school, has now completed all the credits necessary. He could graduate at the end of this junior year. He does not need to complete next year but we will complete it because there's just more things we want him to do and there's no reason not to, we're having fun. Mm -hmm. um, but he's also, he's self-taught. All I had to do was guide him. He has self-taught his math, his Spanish. I mean, he is through college level Spanish because he wanted to. He's taught himself guitar. He's gotten himself free piano lessons from a relative who is like a master in it. It is what she does. She has a master's degree. And, you know, he's written a novel. He's in the middle of writing a second novel and he's composed a soundtrack to go with that first novel. I did not suggest any of this to him. We sit down and collaborate because we spent those years helping him to understand the love of learning. He really just exemplifies that now in his daily life. And so for our family, high school, which makes many homeschool parents like tremble, has just been this delight. On the other hand, too, for our children with special needs and, and learning disabilities, it has allowed them to shine in the areas where they have strengths. And it's allowed them to have that extra nurturing and TLC without that self-criticism that they can receive when they see the differences between them and their peers. I mean, in our tutorials, they still see the differences, but I'm able to select carefully which courses they would take out of our home and then which courses we get specialized tutoring, which courses we get specialized help online, you know, which things I do with them here in a more intensive way. So it's been for my family really nice because we've been able to really customize everything. Yeah, it, that's funny you say that because I re, I interviewed Tony Caggiano this morning. and oh, Tony, he's great. Yeah, and he talked about his son, how like when they figured out the techniques they used to help him learn, mm. that he that he shone. Like, you know, and it just needed that minor adjustment of figuring out how they learn 
and which way would be better and then just adjusting it so you can allow them to excel like yep he's hmm. right he's right and a lot of parents when i've spoken to them about homeschooling because over the last you know over a decade people have asked me a lot of questions they'll say well i could never do that i couldn't teach my kid i'm not trained oh my gosh no you were the one that helped them learn to walk to talk to ride a bike you know your kids so intimately well you are the best teacher for your kid don't have self-doubt the nice thing is when you're teaching at home you have way more time on your hands than at school they have to spend this extra time waiting for the slowest student they have to spend extra time changing classes in the hallways they have to spend time you know doing these extra administrative tasks that you don't have to do at home so you as the parent can tweak how much time you sit you can spend that focus really working with your child and it just makes such a difference your level of education doesn't matter because you're partnering with your kid and you have all this extra time to do it. And your intuitiveness is going to bring you to the right solution with your child. And you're given that flexibility instead of trying to fit, you know, if your kid's a round peg in a square hole, they don't fit with that standardized method in school. It's okay because now you can both be a round peg or whatever I said, you know, which for us has been good because we've had some, some pegs that didn't fit in the holes for public school. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to look back here on Facebook and see some of the comments because I remember one saying, <laughs> I remember one saying that, you know, I wouldn't be able to do this in my house because me and my kids would not be able to function in that environment. Mm -hmm. You know how if you're bringing your kids out of, say, a public school environment and into your house to adjust to this homeschooling kind of way of life and curriculum, they're still probably a little bit used to the authority figure as a teacher. And then if you mash your parenting as an authority figure teacher, and then try and make that work, like, do you got any advice for that? Because I can, see, I can see why that was a legitimate comment and be like, well, yeah, that won't work in my house because my kids won't think of me as a teacher. They'll be fighting me as a mom trying to teach them. <laughs> it's very, very, very good that you brought that point up because there's actually research out there that shows that kids who have been in the public school environment can take about a year to adjust oh, yeah. and they do have to shift the mentality but there's a lot of things put in place as a homeschool parent such as tutorials online courses things where you can shift some of that authority off of you and the basic thing that needs to be looked at if a parent says well i just can't do that is not about school it's about the relationship with the parent and the kid. What's actually going on already that makes them think that would be too much, that that tension would be there so badly. There is something in the relationship that should be looked at even if they are in public school, if they think they can't stand that much time together without a lot of conflict. So something is already going a little bit astray and should be addressed regardless of if they ever homeschool. When you homeschool, yes, it can take a year. They call it de-schooling. And it's intended to be a year and, and the kids do not lose, they do not get behind. So let me clarify that right now. But that year needs to be spent really shifting the relationship and letting the kid kind of decompress and get out of some of that really rigid setup that they have at school and begin to kind of ease into the home life routine. And at the same time, it allows you as the parent to begin slowly layering in some of the homeschool routine, very slowly, very organically. So science for that year 
might be a lot more about exploration, especially if the kids are younger. You know, you're not going to have to worry as much. If the kids are older, we can talk about that another day, but there's a lot of great ways you can do that too with kids who are older. But for a younger kid, it might be, let's say they're early elementary, even slightly late elementary. It could be a lot of science play with hands-on activities at the table or going out to the local aquarium, you know, when you're not in lockdown and the aquarium is open or walking around your neighborhood and identifying what are the local native plants and then coming home and looking them up and studying them and drawing them in a journal you know, writing down the facts. So there are a lot of ways that kids can learn. And what's interesting is even during that year of de-schooling, they're going to learn at a deeper level. And the funny thing is they don't realize they're learning, Yeah. but you're going to hear things that you would never believe your kid has absorbed. If you ask my six-year-old about animals right now, I will tell you, he knows more about animals than I will probably ever know in my life. He can tell you more about their environments, their habitats. He can tell you the number of muscles in an elephant's trunk, you know, all kinds of crazy things. And he didn't realize he was learning, but he's like a little encyclopedia for it. And it's just one of his interests. You'd have to be gentle with yourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's probably huge. Yeah. So yeah, I, w- I was even just thinking, you know, we got two months kind of left in the school year. It's questionable in Canada whether the kids are actually going to make it that last two months <laughs> or whether we're going to start summer early. But so then over the summer, is there something that I could do to almost start that de-schooling? Like, so one question, when you homeschool, do you take the summer off or do you just continually kind of teach through the summer? Every family does it different and you will begin to learn your own family style. So in America, there's a certain number of weeks out of the school year that is required to teach. And here it's state by state. I don't know what the laws would be there in Canada. You'd have to look into that. In some countries, homeschooling is not even allowed. Yeah, I was going to say like there's actual laws kind of that you've got to participate in. You just can't. Correct. And for us, it's state by state. So some people actually will decide which state they're going to live in and Mm. move in and out of states based on what their style of homeschooling is. So, you know, so for us, we're in a state where we have yearly review. I have to provide a portfolio of what we've done just to prove progress and a thorough education for each of the kids. My family chooses to school all year. And the reason is one medical issues, because we don't know what day we're suddenly going to need to take a day off. So we need to have that mental space to know it's okay. We're not going to get behind. And the other reason is because we're trying to teach our children to be so organic in their learning, to make it such a, a passion of theirs in a normal daily life way that why would we stop? Like, we just love to learn here. And we talk about that often. You know, and learning might look different on different days. One day, a kid might just be like, I've got to keep doing math. I'm having so much fun with math, which amazingly, actually, we can have fun with math here. (laughs) That was not the case when we began homeschooling. Other days, they might just be really into the fact that like, we just got some new chicks to add to our hens, our flock. It's been all about chickens, learning different chicken breeds. You know, they've still done some of their school on the computer and other things that they needed to do today, but less of it. But that's okay because other days they get more of it and we just keep track. So every family is going to need to kind of like, it's like buying shoes, you know, and you just try something. And if that doesn't feel great, then you try the next thing. And then you just make sure that you're always within the standards set by your country and or state. That's the one thing that has attracted me to the whole idea is the freedom to make it how it works for me and for my kids. Like there's a way to find a balance in there and, and get them to the standardized. I just (laughs) did the rabbit ear thing, the standardized test or whatever at the end of the 
at the end of the year. Yes. Um, and how you get from point A to the final point is all up to you on how, yes. it, yeah. Your style and your children's style might be different. It might not be that they learn the same way you like to teach, but that's okay. You will find a compromise. So something I usually tell parents who've just begun homeschooling, because that can be, especially the ones who like leap into it, trying to replicate public school and they don't realize what they're doing. Um, they can get really frustrated and they'll commit to a curriculum and they'll spend hundreds or thousands of dollars on this one curriculum that they just thought looked so good. And suddenly they feel like they're drowning. And I'll say to parents who maybe haven't committed to the curriculum yet or who have, you just got to hold it loosely and be willing to say, you know what, this isn't working yet. We're going to switch and do something new. And so if it's not working for you, you need to respect that and look for what works for you because you're going to teach your kids more effectively if it's also working for you and for them. If it's not working for them, but you love it, it's still not going to work for them. So really just play around. You'll find that more seasoned homeschoolers often do not buy big box curriculums anymore. Those are usually for the beginning homeschoolers. And that is because beginning homeschoolers don't know their style. That's expensive, but it does make sense. <laughs> Once you've had some time in it, you can see more of your nuances. And then it's because you, you're more like, you know, a mechanic who just started school and really only knows that that's the tires and that's the engine versus, you know, every nut and bolt and you can kind of recreate it and maybe build an engine yourself. So it's the same with homeschooling. So you would be able to really customize that to your family. This is an interesting conversation, Katie. <laughs> I'm I'm loving this because I love like, talking about homeschool. <laughs> like I'll be honest, Erin, my wife, is a career woman and she she went back to work because she loves her job and spent many years in school to learn what she does. And and so it's me that wants to come home. <laughs> and yeah. and and so I'm trying to like learn how to do it. But I don't want to just homeschooling parent. I want to be at home. I want to have my own career at home and yeah. working. But you at the same time, bring my kids home as well. I am home working and homeschooling at the same time. So it, it is, is possible. Totally, <laughs> yes. And the ages of your children make it very possible. We are working through the, the curriculum also to get you guys really set up so that yeah. you've got that system in place, that economy, and that will help motivate the kids and organize the kids and organize you as well. And a lot of parents do that. A lot of parents. And there are a lot of stay-home dads who also homeschool mm -hmm. and work. So it's something completely doable. You have to respect the fact that it will be an adjustment. It will be a learning curve and everything at first can feel a little more difficult. And a lot of people, just like when they're starting a new business who fall off because it feels hard, a lot of people with homeschooling will do that. They're like, wait, this feels hard and they'll fall off. But if you're willing to just push through that beginning learning curve, then you'll be able to know if it's really for you or not. And for many people who push through that curve, they, they love it and they stick with it because mm -hmm. they actually begin to see and appreciate the flourishing of the kids, but also the freedom it brings the family. Yeah, like the flexibility alone would, would be huge to be able to do that. And I, I just think it's going to be an environment that's going to get better and better. There's, there's going to be access to other homeschooling parents in your area where you can create events or you know yes. when when we can all meet again blah 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 but if that's going to happen people like we are going to be able to meet again so <laughs> one day it will yeah. happen yeah it, it just it, it intrigues me that there's flexibility to it yet some structure and and a way to let the kids just kind of flourish on their own that so that brings up a good point that we could talk about too which is what resources are out there it's yeah. going to be different in everybody's community 
But the nice thing is any single parent can begin whichever kind of community they'd like to build. For our family in our local area, we're, we're very blessed because we actually have quite a few solutions that we can choose from. There are things from just small parent groups where parents will meet for playdates, for example, or they'll just meet at the park to do science projects or yeah. art projects, something very simple. Everyone packs their own lunch, meet outside, no mess to clean up really, and you know that's it, short. There's also the next step up where maybe they'll meet at a community center or at a church, and the parents will come and they'll all stay and then every parent will teach something different. One parent might be teaching art in one room, another parent teaching science in another room, you know, and, and but they'll all stay and there's no cost to it. It's just a bunch of parents getting together and they've organized it. And it allows the children to have some time together and the parents to take a little break and maybe stick their kid in someone else's class for the thing they didn't like to teach where the other parent loves it. There are also things where moms, you know, maybe just will get together with one other mom and they'll take a turn teaching each other's kids that way. Mm -hmm. That's possible. For us, we've been blessed with a, an entire tutorial that was set up that if anyone's interested in, I can always find you know the instructions on how to set this up. But we actually contract out teachers, anybody who is qualified, and we pay them and we do basically like a la carte college class style. And in the beginning of the year, we do an open house and we pick and choose which courses each of our children would like to take. You're not committed to any more than you wanna do, but it's included drama, band, it's got science. We've had core curriculum where they'll do some basic reading, math and science together for the little kids all those icky high school like cutting open the eyeballs and the frogs can happen there which I really <laughs> like excellent writing classes we even had like PE so my children took Muay Thai which is a Thai form of martial arts you know we've really liked that and for us it was drop off which with my son's disabilities one of my younger children's disabilities I cannot be somebody who stays I need to be home with him his medical condition requires that so for me, it was really nice. And for my kids, it was great because they could still go, we just drop them off. They could have lunch and all that. They even had study hall <laughs> if they wanted it. So there are a lot of different options and it's all about what the parents in the local community want. So if you want that, you go out, find other parents who want to do it with you and set it up. Yeah, like I haven't even started looking in our area, but I can, I can just imagine the resources and things that would be available now. They're probably just growing exponentially at the moment. So yeah. And a lot has shifted online as well. Because of COVID, a lot of the homeschool options also shifted online that weren't before. I mean, this entire last year plus, our um, art teacher from our local tutorial, she's continued. She just continued doing it on Zoom. So all the kids just log into Zoom and continued their classes and had a great time. So, you know, there's a lot of options. And even as we get back into social life, then there will become more. But for now, we've kind of done pods. You know, we still have friends that'll come over and we'll hang out with them. We just make sure when we needed to that we'd all quarantined ahead before we'd see each other. So there wasn't just, a lack. Of just dunk the kids in uh, some hand sanitizer on the way in yeah. and out. And <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. And here, yeah. at least, most of our co-ops and tutorials are up and running. And a few of them actually were able to continue in our state throughout the entire time. They just had to do the proper social distancing, hold things outside at certain times. And it was great. It was fine. Going back, when you first started, how, what grade or what age was your oldest one? So we started dabbling in it when my oldest was in kindergarten. Oh, okay. um, oh. We kept him in pre-K for an extra year because we were not satisfied whatsoever with the school that was there. So we, he basically just went to school like a couple hours a week. And then I started doing kindergarten at home. 
Then we moved again because the military moved us every 23 months. We were able to access a local private school, and I put him in that for a partial day for first grade. But then in second grade, he would have been back in a bad school again. And my daughter at that point was finishing up uh, preschool, and we decided we'd try homeschool full time and just Mm -hmm. commit to one year. It was a hard year to get adjusted, but it was also a great year. It was, you know, I remember him sitting at the table just crying over math. And I was thinking, I don't think I can ever teach math. And it just set us off on this journey to find what worked for him. And I remember by the end of that year, in the back of his notebook, he had scratched off the little, I hate math. And he'd put, I love math. And I was like, I didn't, you know, run up and hug him or anything like I wanted to, but I was celebrating inside. (laughs) And to this day, you know, it's still not a strong subject, but he's doing it and it's great. And he's on par with everyone else. And I was glad to be part of his journey. (laughs) Yeah. So throughout this, like you started like right from kindergarten and now you have one almost graduating. Like what were the, what were the big struggles? Like, obviously every parent is going to have their own struggles with their children but like, as far as, you know, getting access to the curriculum or like, what, what were the, some of the down points for you? Like, I know you talk about it very positively, but like, was there any drawbacks or? You know, in my mindset, I can see what other people would say would be drawbacks, which is that they don't necessarily get a lot of breaks from their kids, but we always had the tutorial. That's actually, I'm glad you, (laughs) I'm glad you brought that one up because you, you are right. Like even uh, me and Aaron just struck a chord with me because me and Aaron just had a talk yesterday about that, about not getting enough of our own time. And, and our kids do go to school. <laughs> so, right. so I'm talking about bringing my kids home to homeschool. And I'm also talking about, I need more time by myself. Yeah. <laughs> so so this, this is a cool, me, uh, this is a cool talk here. Yeah. To me, if your kids are already in school and you're not getting enough time, it's not about the kids then it's about yes. you guys managing your time better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, don't, don't tune me up, Katie. I know what I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. So <laughs> And you and Aaron are awesome and you guys are going to do it, but it's, it's more, you know, Steve and I struggle with that too. It, it's in being intentional and that's challenging. Yes. So, you know, it's, it's a good, a good thing when you know, you're going to bring your kids home to just make sure that that's at the top of your list. How are you and Aaron going to get your time? Do you have a babysitter or are, are the kids old enough or can you find a tutorial or something like that? But for us, as the relationships became tighter in our home, you know, we didn't feel like we really needed a break. There are days when kids are going to disobey. That happens whether it's Saturday and Sunday or the evening or Monday through Friday, you know? So we all can feel frustrated, even if it's just the weekend, you know? It's more a matter of how do we manage those times? What structures do we have set up in our home to manage those times so that it isn't so crushingly overwhelming, even if it is Sunday to Sunday? Yeah, (laughs) like I'd almost... The way it works in our house is, you know, everybody goes to work and school during the week and then we all come together on the weekend, but we've, none of us have had our own time. And then we try and combine all five of us who want our own time, but still want to spend time with each other. And you just try and jam that all into two days. And I think that's almost where some of the trouble happens is you're just trying to cram everybody together for two days, get as much out of you can. And then now we go back to work and school and every. I can see that because before COVID, when Steve was having to go into the office, which we you know, expect to have happen to him again any day, and we're dreading it, we felt the same way. It actually added a ton of stress to our day because weekends were so precious to us. Yeah. And the same thing though, there, you know, all the stuff needed to get done around the house and he knew he needed to spend time with the kids. He knew he needed to spend time with me. He knew he needed to spend time for himself. Like It's true. You do really feel more torn. And when you're home, even though he's still working here, at least, you know, 
It feels a little more relaxed. He gained his commute time back, which matters. It is a lot nicer. It is more, in in my words, I guess, organic. It's more natural to our family's rhythm. And Mm -hmm. we like that. Another challenge that I would say was really big for me in the beginning was that fear of, are we going to miss something? (laughs) How do I know that I'm providing my kids with all the education they need before I leave my home? Because I think before I understood learning, I felt like, maybe the schools somehow had already gotten that ticket. They knew, right? They do it. They're, they're approved. They're approved. They have a system and, and your kid graduates and they say they know everything. Check in that box. So how do I provide that? I'm just me. I remember spending years on this question and reaching out to people who were far ahead of me and asking them all, how do you make sure that your kid doesn't miss anything? How do you make sure your kid doesn't miss anything? Like, will it ruin their life if I miss something important? And what happens is actually that what you need to do when they're home with you is teach them how to learn. Yes. Not even public school teaches your kid everything. They don't teach good conflict resolution. I can tell you that. (laughs) <laughs> they don't teach a whole lot of things that kids need to know, like how to discuss or how, how to feel natural in public with someone with um, special needs or disability. That's not taught. They don't teach financial stuff. Mm-hmm. Kids don't come out of public school knowing how to balance a budget and how to actually put that into play. You know, there's a lot that does not come out of school that are practical life skills. And then you see young adults in debt. They can't have a solid, solid relationship. You see kids, you know, they, they can't even get a job. They have to live in mom and dad's basement. I realized that, and through reaching out to all these other people who were experts in my world, it's about teaching them how to learn. So you give them all these more foundational life skills and as much of the educational stuff as you can, and that you know is very broad and and cover it well, and then teach them how, when they're grown and they need to learn something, how to go learn it. Because you can never fill all the gaps. It's not possible. But you can teach them how to fill the gaps that they need filled. So it's the same thing as teaching a man to fish instead of handing him a fish. That nailed it right there, Katie. That is the huge part. And even something that I've just learned over this last, you know, two years of me diving in and learning so much online and everything is just the ability to learn (laughs) and have that skill of or that drive of wanting to learn. That is the huge part, I think. And then, then if, if you can teach them a little bit of reading, writing, and math on the way, then <laughs> even yeah. better. And they will learn it at a deeper level when you're teaching them at home because you're going to be able to, to identify and intervene much more quickly when they are struggling because you're mm-hmm. just that much more in touch with it. And it doesn't mean it's going to be more stressful to you. You would still be checking their homework. You would still be talking to the teachers when they're in public school. You're still responsible for how well they're doing ultimately in public school. When they're home with you, you get to say, you know what? This just doesn't look like it's working for you. What else might work better? And then throw the bad one out the window and go search for the new one. You know, if you guys are one of those families that decide to take summers off, that's okay. That's good. And then you could just say this year, you know what, guys? We're just going to do a little extra this summer because we had to do this curriculum switch. And so I think we should aim to be caught back up by this time or that time, you know, or maybe it's just not that important to get caught up real fast. And you can just say, you know what, that's okay. We know we're going to get caught up once it really hits in your brain. If you look at studies of people who do math when they are younger and how long it takes them to achieve the concept and the people who were never taught properly. And then as adults, they go to learn math. They can learn years worth of math as an adult in six months that would take years of potentially torture and beginning to hate math as children. It's really hard to to say, yeah, you could really screw up your kid. I mean, you really kind of can't unless you really just don't try. Then you can. 
But if you really try and you really care and you're really invested in making sure your children are learning to the best of their ability level, man, you can hit it out of the park. Okay. I always think of like crazy ideas and, and like go for the top. Like, can you crush out a semester in a few months and then take say a couple yeah. months to go travel and learn? Absolutely. So the average school day is eight hours. Usually for most children in elementary school, that's actually two hours of work. Yeah. For high schooler, it's going to be maybe about four. At one point I had a list of what was expected I think a kindergartner, I don't have it up anymore, a kindergartner in the state of Illinois at homeschooling, when COVID happened, the full half day they would go, what the requirement was, was, was that they had 20 minutes of learning at home to equal a full school day. <laughs> that blew my mind, but it made sense to me yeah. because if you can capture a kindergartner's att attention, even one minute at a time, 20 minutes throughout the day with you being the one to do it, they're going to get more out of it because you're really paying attention and you know that kid well. Yeah. So you're going to make sure it's captivating to them, you know? Yeah. So yes, absolutely. And you can take that work on the road. So let's say you're traveling. That doesn't mean you stop learning. Actually, right. you're learning really organically. When we would take time and travel, I would make ahead fun workbooks for the kids. So we, for example, went up and traveled to New England. We wanted to learn some Revolutionary War history and on the way stopped at uh, Thomas Edison's house and a few other places. And so I went ahead of time and I looked up a bunch of good resources for the kids and they were younger. They were the age where they still might like to color and do workbooks. And in the car on the way there, that's what we did. And we listened to audio presentations like plays and audiobooks and things that would help get that story and bring it to life in their mind. So that by the time we actually arrived to our destination, it had already been in their head and now they got to see it for real. And it stuck and they talk about it years later. So, you know, I was, I was gonna say, just imagine how better that stuck than sitting in a desk reading a history book going, who's this guy? And why right. am I reading about him? <laughs> you can bring it to life. And then you can yeah. go see the actual people who dress up, you know, the character reenactments. Those mean a lot to kids. Those mean a lot to adults, you know, to wander through the streets of Williamsburg. If you're an American and you want to see American revolution history brings that history to life much faster, you know, getting to go and actually see someone dressed up like a pirate or whatever, and doing what pirates would have really done means more to a kid than sitting and reading a book about Blackbeard. You know, yeah, we, we just, uh, we just recently went to, there's this little center kind of close to Saskatoon and it's kind of native culture or whatever. And we watched a man dressed up in full headgear and full Cree like gear. And cool. he, he was doing the, it was some bird the bird dance where they try and mate and they all like get in a big circle and he like does the dance and he's got like bells on his whole like big fancy feathered outfit it was pretty epic like the girls kind of still talk about it and you know just that was on a saturday for us to go out but is totally okay to count as a learning day absolutely yeah. and then you come home and you talk about it and like what'd you guys learn what do you remember and it starts to sink in they'll never forget that and especially as you talk to them about it and so for younger kids one of the things you can do that helps them to learn and have it sink in even before they can write or type is you can actually type it for them and then that can become something they're proud of that you know you can print it out and put it in a folder for them and at the end of the year you're like do you remember this you can read it over again they're so proud of it something i used to do is take pictures of those events have them tell me what they liked the most and write that down. And then I would go to Shutterfly. And every year I would put together books of all of our field trips and learning events. And I'd have taken photos of signs of things and the kids doing the activities at these places. And then I'd put in some of their words about what they thought about it. 
And interestingly, to this day, they will sometimes open those books and here they go. They've relearned something if, if they've forgotten, because, you know, you can never remember everything and it's right there for them. And it's this fun, almost like yearbook of what they did and what they learned. So a lot of neat ways to, to bring in the learning and have fun at the same time. Learning does not have to be dry or dull. It can be, it should be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I think there's a good, there's such an opportunity here, an opportunity to adjust that learning mentality that I have grew up with that, mm -hmm. you know, COVID has absolutely destroyed <laughs> and, and change it or adapt it to something different. Yeah, it's, it, it's very intriguing. Yes. You know, at least here in America, public schools were not here when we were founded. And every one of our founders was either private schooled or homeschooled. And this whole public school idea more came around with the industrial revolution when parents didn't have anywhere for kids to go. And high school came around when there was a problem with young men being out on the streets. Well, we wouldn't consider them young men now, we'd consider them teenagers, but they needed a place for them to go to so they wouldn't be getting in trouble. And that was when high school began. It's not necessarily that public schooling is even really innate to us. It's not the way most people learn, but yet we're trained that that's the way we learn. And that if you don't learn that way, something's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And if you think about your average little boy and many girls, like my daughter, very sensory processing kind of person, she cannot sit still and learn. Not for long. She learns at a deep level when she's engaged. And when I meet her at her learning style in her amounts of time, holy moly, <laughs> she will remember anything. So I think in some ways, you know, and if I had subjected her to public school, which we actually had a, one of the people that tested her, a man with like three PhDs, after he tested her, he took Steve and I by the shoulders and said, please do not put her in public school. We were shocked, you know, everyone thinks, well, that's the place you go for interventions. And he, he even put it in the report. He did not want her in public school because he said she was so self-confident, her, her self-confidence was so intact. He said it would have been destroyed by that point had we put her in school because she would have been compared to a system that wasn't for her, a system that wasn't designed for someone like her. And he said, I don't even have resources to tell you, but you just go look for them. And we did find amazing resources. And she is so capable and so self-confident. And, you know, she's got all these diagnoses. You would never know. You would never know because we have managed to talk, like teach to her strengths. And so she knows she's fine. She knows she just learns differently than someone else. So it's okay for us to say, this is like a public school thing. I don't know about it. Now, I do not criticize teachers. I think teachers are amazing. I just don't always agree with the system that's set up around teachers that yeah. teachers have to live within. You know, I think in many ways, teachers are often born. The good ones are, they're born to teach, yeah. but not all children can learn in the, in the environment that teachers are forced to work within. So I'm hoping to get one of my good friends who is a teacher in a public school. I'm, I'm hoping to get her on because the province that she's in is going through some changes like in the higher level, which is going to maybe affect her quite substantially kind of thing in the way it works and whatever. So I'm hoping to get her on and get another point of view from a teacher's point of view, just because I, I want to know. And, and like, I'd like to get, we won't touch on it too long, but I, I want to get your opinion on some people say like the public school, it, it's nice. Like 
you've created a nice home and a nice environment for your kids to learn. But a lot of kids come don't come from that. And so, you know, public school is a place for them to go to get away from maybe an undesirable situation or whatever. I really support homeschooling and the whole idea of it. Unfortunately, I, I do, well, not unfortunately, but I do really believe that some structure needs to be there for the people that can't Absolutely. do homeschooling. You know what I mean? Yes. If a child's in an abusive environment, <clears throat> they need to be out of it. I agree yeah. with that. And for some people, they find their greatest inspiration in the people that believe in them the most in the public school, just because of what you said. And I feel that that's so sad because the parent-child relationship is so important, but not everyone has the dream parent-child relationship. You're right. So by no means, like I support homeschooling, but by no means do I say that the public school system should just go away either. I agree. <laughs> no. it's, it's, a, it's a tough balance and, I, and I, it does serve its place. And I just... I. Like you said, the teachers are kind of confined to a a box as well. So it'd be nice to, you know, allow a situation where they could flourish and not just be like contained. Yes. Many teachers that I know once our America put in the core curriculum standards, it took away because I have many friends who are teachers as well as family. And it took away a lot of their flexibility and even a lot of their time to be able to really indulge in their passion of teaching. It puts so much extra paperwork on them and so many heavy regulations. And many of them quit teaching and went to private environments or went to tutoring or working at tutorials like the one that we've been in just because of that. So, you know, some teachers are okay with it and they can still thrive in that. I think, you know, everyone's unique and has to really figure out for themselves what works for them. But yeah. Hmm. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Like this is, this has been just an awesome conversation. I've, I've loved yeah. it. I think we might do this again. Once we uh, get we some should. input from, from this video, I would imagine there's going to be a few questions, concerns and all that kind of stuff. Of so, course. so of for course. our first, for our first one, Katie, I think we hit it out of the park. I think we did too. I think we did. Yeah. And I mean, I'd love to talk to anybody who has questions. And something about me is that I'm not someone to argue. If someone wants to say to me, well, public school is the best way, it is for them. If they believe that, that is for them. You know, for me, I can say for our family, homeschool has been absolutely incredible and impactful, but that's my family, you know, and I can only say that I see this, the test scores out there. And for my family, that helped me see from us that homeschool was our best choice. The test scores showed the kids learn better at home, you know, the standardized test scores, but I'm not someone to argue. I love conversation. So if anyone wants to have conversation, I love it. Well, give a little call to action here, Katie. Where where can they get a hold of you? So they can find me on Instagram at katiekeen20 or Family Success Secrets. I'm on there twice, one for business, one for personal. And then I'm also on Facebook. So I have a page, Family Success Secrets, and a group by the same name, also Family Success Secrets. And and the podcast. You got the podcast too. By the same name. Yeah. So make sure you guys <laughs> all go subscribe, rate, review, do the things. So yes. yeah. It, this has been awesome and I and we're definitely going to be doing these more often I think Katie I would love it we, we got so many topics many. that we can talk about so <laughs> exactly <laughs> we'll just pick one and go sounds um, good thank you for coming on we really do appreciate it all right bye everybody okay bye Katie thanks for listening and spending time with us today if you know anyone who could benefit from this podcast we would be honored if you would share it please rate review subscribe and download head over to podcast 
www.familysuccesssecrets.com to have a top-rated Family Success Secret sent straight to your inbox. We look forward to spending time with you again next week during our next episode. See you then. Bye, everyone.